Welcome back to the Fostering Financial Victories podcast. My name is Eric Mazel. I'm your co-host uh, with Bree Prosser. Uh, we have a full house today, and this is going to be a little bit different because we have one guest joining us virtually. Uh, so Rob Victor is also in the studio today to uh, facilitate this conversation. But we are joined by uh, Jordan Montgomery, who is the owner of Montgomery Companies. Uh, Rob, you have known Jordan for quite some time, so I'm going to hand this over to you so you can kind of give us a little bit of a background on Jordan. Yeah, Jordan uh, Jordan is one of the preeminent coaches, speakers uh, in the industry, um, and a good buddy of mine. I've known Jordan for 10 years, 10-plus years probably. Uh, went out to uh, – he lives in Iowa where it's super cold. Uh, the weather is amazing in the summer. I, I've sadly just visited out there twice during the winter, um, but – he, I think he's one of the most talented uh, human beings that walks this planet. And in his space, he's one of the, the up-and-coming um, coaches around leadership, uh, around team building. And I, I think he can bring a lot of value to our listeners today. So, um, Jordan, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Eric Bree, Rob, uh, this is fun. It's been awesome getting to know Foster Victor and, and being a part of your journey. So, uh, honored to be on this morning. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Well, Jordan, kind of give everybody a, a, a snapshot into how you got into the role you are in now. Well, it's kind of a crazy story. I don't know. There's like a one minute version. So I'll just tell you a bit of the background in the journey. But um, I grew up in small town, Iowa. So I um, was raised in Kelowna, Iowa. It's a small little one stoplight town, Amish country. Um, I think Rob has seen kind of that part of the world. But uh, I went to the University of Iowa, and I knew one thing. I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to own my own business, um, have my own deal where I could control my own time. And the reason for that was my dad was a blue-collar business owner. So he had a little painting company, nothing fancy. He's had a few employees. But he was at every one of my activities. It was all my games, um, never missed anything. And I just remember thinking, I want to be like my dad. I, I want to make sure that I'm present for my family and I can control my own time. So I went to college kind of like as a social experiment. And um, met some friends, had a good time. When I graduated, I thought, okay, I'm going to start my business. Realized I had no money, zero dollars. In fact, I was in a bunch of debt, student loan debt. And I had no knowledge. Like, I didn't know the first thing about running a business. So I found the financial services industry. It allowed me to be in business for myself, but not by myself. Grew a business, uh, met great people like Rob. Uh, three years in, I became a managing director inside that firm. So I was managing a team, kind of a player coach. Had an office of about 50 people. Started to do more speaking, coaching, and leading. 27 years old, had a really big fall from grace, very difficult time in my life. Um, and in that time, really started thinking about what gives me passion, what lights my fire, the things that I enjoy doing and giving my life to. Um, in that season, I met my now wife. She had two children uh, from a previous marriage. Um, their names are Audrey and Claire, and Audrey and Claire are two oldest daughters today. So I came into their lives when they were five and three. Um, there are now 11 and eight. And um, my wife and I, one day we looked at each other and said, hey, I think we can I think we can do this coaching thing on a broader scale. I had a little coaching business on the side and um, thought, you know, I think we could I think we can maximize this. I think God continues to open doors and provide. And so we did. And, and that was five years ago. And, and today we get to work with great firms like yours and work with a lot of athletes, sales leaders and business people. So um, that's the high level story of kind of how we got here. But uh, and it's been a it's been a great journey. And. Uh, we feel really fortunate to do the work that we get to do. 
So you talked a little bit in that about passions. How did that look when you sat down and started distilling down your passions and saying, okay, here's really what drives me when I wake up in the morning? Well, I think you, you got to think about your, the God-given giftedness. You know, like what, what are you gifted at? What did God give you that, that makes you uniquely you? And um, there's a lot of things I'm just not very good at, but I've always really enjoyed being with people. I've enjoyed building relationships. Uh, I've enjoyed communicating, connecting. And so I just started thinking about, you know, what do I want to do for 10 hours a day? And um, this is the type of work I want to do. I want to lead. I want to connect. I want to communicate, empower, encourage. And so if there's somebody listening that's still trying to sort through that, I would just challenge you to think about your gifts and how God wired you up and and then ultimately think about how you're going to use those gifts every day. Okay. So Jordan, you know, you've kind of found your way in your niche and as far as what you've, you know, you feel like is, is your calling. Um, you're, you're dealing with high, you know, high functional people on a daily basis who are trying to be as ultimately successful as they can possibly be. How do you connect with those folks to kind of get them one piece of advice that just kind of propels them to that next level that they're looking for? Well, I think in terms of connection, we got to seek first to understand. And so I used to always think Eric, like leadership is about asking, um, or, or giving information. And I've just learned that leadership has a lot more to do with asking questions. And so um, I think we would all benefit from asking more questions, being more curious. Um, I think especially in today's world, you know, people are so quick to want to share, you know, what they do or what they know. And um, I've just learned that asking questions is the path forward if you want to connect with people. And, and if you want to be helpful and serve, I, I think it's really hard to bring value if you don't truly know your audience. So I would just say, um, you know, the first principle in, in connecting or being able to serve and build a relationship is asking questions and, and doing the right job in discovery. And I know that's the work that you all are doing every day and getting to know clients first before you bring solutions. So um, slow to speak, quick to listen. I like that. Is there anything that you have found as a common thread among the, the folks that you work with when it comes down to, you know, whether they have that leadership, you know, capacity to constantly improve as they go forward with, with working with you? I think for us, we, you know, um, working across this different disciplines and different industries, you know, obviously we're doing work in the world of business and sports. Um, I think the one thing that we're identifying most high level leaders have, um, if, if they're, if they're leading a business, if they're coaching a team, um, they usually have a higher level of self-awareness. So, I think, I think self-awareness is the beginning of growth and development. And I think it takes a lot of intentionality and I think it takes a lot of work, but typically speaking, a higher level leader, the, the folks we're working with will naturally start with higher levels of self-awareness. Now they need to continue working on that because that's a lifelong journey, getting to know ourselves and assessing our blind spots. Um, for our listeners, there's a really good book called the self-aware leader. And um, in that book, John Maxwell says this, most people, have a very difficult time seeing themselves realistically and a very easy time seeing everybody else. In other words, mm. they can point out everybody else's blind spots, but they struggle to identify their own. Or they can easily point out other people's gifts, but they struggle to see and use their own. So <clears throat> I just say one common denominator of highly successful leaders is they're working on their self-awareness. They haven't arrived but they're generally a bit more self-aware and they're continually striving to work on their self-awareness. 
Let me ask you this, Jordan. Would you say that when you work with a team, whether that's a in the business or or professional sports world or college sports world, I, I've I have found it just just with me personally that you, as a as a leader, you've got to have people around you um, that that can call you out and and kind of show that mirror up. But I guess I guess my question is: you're dealing with so many leaders. Do you find the good ones have really good people around them? Um, that they that they can lean on, and then the ones that are struggling really just have themselves. Because I feel like the the more people continue to work up that ladder, whatever the ladder is to a leadership, that they, they tend to be uh, more loners than not. Uh, it's just it's just what I have seen in, in in business and in sports. Whether that's a a team captain, it's a president of a company, you know, whatever it may be. So I I know you've got probably a little bit more feedback on that just with seeing it. Um, you know, I, I think for our listeners, whether you own a business. Again, you're in a leadership role. I think once you get to that role, it can be a little bit more difficult. Uh, just interaction day to day. What would you say is is something that leaders should seek uh, if they're struggling uh, in that setting? Rob, you and I've talked about this a little bit. I think the the leader who continues to grow. The, if you're if you're leading in your organization, if you're in a position of leadership, I think you have to work really hard to seek the truth. Because as you grow, as you have more influence and as you have more success, you will naturally have fewer people around you willing to give the truth. And that's a really dangerous place for a leader to live. Um, you know, Andy Stanley said it this way. A leader who isn't willing to listen to others will eventually be surrounded by people who have nothing to say. Mm. So our, our job as leaders is to continue to ask questions, get feedback and get around some people who aren't impressed by us. You know, they, they aren't impressed by the results. They aren't impressed by what we do. Um, they've either done more than we have or they just love us for us. So they're, they're close friends where there's a deep level of trust and they're willing to share the truth. Or they've done more than you've done professionally. And so they can speak, um, you know, from a place of feedback, uh, knowing that, hey, look, I've done this too. I've, I've been where you're at and I'm not afraid to give you this feedback. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, truth trumps flattery. Um, like I don't need another person to pat me on the back. It, it feels good. Right. I think we all enjoy that. We appreciate that when somebody mm-hmm. encourages you or pays you a compliment. What I really need in my life today is a kick in the butt and I need more people, you know, willing to do that for me. I'll tell you the person in my life that does that most right now, my 11 year old daughter, Audrey, um, she could just care less about anything that I do professionally, like at all. In fact, she'll like make fun of me. So like we have these videos on social media she'll make fun of me. I'll try to tell her about a team that I, you know, spent time with or whatever. She has zero questions. She's never asked a single question about our business. The reality is she's just not impressed by her dad. She's like, I don't love you for that. I'm not interested in that part of your world. I love you because you're my dad. And I I just, I want that person when you're home. I don't want to know about what you did at work. I'm not interested in, in any part of your life professionally. (laughs) And the reality is, I need more Audrey's in my life. I just need more people that are going to love me for me. And and then the last thing I'd say is this, though, Rob. I think there's a difference between calling people out and calling people up. Um, I'm not talking about getting called out. Like, I'm talking about getting called up. We all have people in our lives that, that can call us up from a place of love and care. It's like, hey, I see something in you. I want the best for you. So I want to hold you accountable and call you up. Um, there are people that don't want the best for you. And they're interested in calling you out. So they, they're not trying to help you. They're trying to point out things that you don't do well, maybe to tear you down um, or to make you feel a certain way. So I think it's, it's also our job as leaders to discern 
is this person trying to call me up or are they call me out? Um, and, and, and understand where that feedback's coming from. But I, I think good. that's a great question. It's good. I mean, that, that's really, uh, really eye-opening. If you kind of think about where most people think they want to end up is surrounded by folks who just, you know, praise them and laud them all the time. Right. So you're saying that if you're in that room, you're in the wrong room. No doubt about that. Yeah, I think it's, if, yeah, I think, I think you got to find a new room, you know? Yeah. And by the way, I'm not <laughs> saying you got to leave those people. This is more about addition than subtraction. I'm just saying you got to find some new people that can challenge you, call you up, speak truth and, and, um, help you create change. I think it's really dangerous for a leader to stay in that room for too long. Hmm. That's good stuff. Yeah. I like Anything that. you guys would add to that? Like if I threw that back to you, I mean, obviously in your organization, I think you've built a feedback culture. I think you communicate at a high level and challenge each other. Anything you would add? You know, I, I think from a, from a foster Victor standpoint, I, I do. I think that's one of the things we're working on always, you know, hopefully we can give good, honest feedback, uh, whether it feels good or stings. I also think just, you know, professionally with our client base, I mean, I, I think if people aren't uh, being candid and, and, you know, speaking the truth, it, it's really hard to do your job. You know, I, I tell people all the time, if you don't know what you want, it's hard to give direction. Um, and I think the same thing goes with leadership. You know, if there's no direction with the firm, no direction uh, with the team, you're, you're going to struggle uh, to have people that want to be on your team. You know, so I, I, I'd echo that, Jordan. I, I think um, – I think I've just seen as time's gone on and as the team has grown that for us, it, you know, every cog in the wheel is super important, right? Um, and it's not just, it's not just one, yeah. it's not just the leader. You got to have everybody along and they got to kind of be rowing in the same direction. I think at times you can lose that. Yep. I think people have to have the, uh, the courage to, you know, like you're saying, Jordan, to call somebody up versus, you know, point out their, their flaws. That, that's not easy to do either. I've experienced challenge for sure. I, th- I mean, I've watched challenge each other. I've been challenged. I'd like to think we've challenged some people. So mm-hmm. I think that's happening, you know, in your culture. It's part of what makes Foster Victor great. So, Jordan, when you, you're going through your business and kind of thinking about how you want to grow it, what do you eventually want to see this, uh, you know, turn into? Or are you at that sp- that point now, I know you're probably never done growing, but like, what do you envision the long-term uh, scope of this? Well, I think for the first time in, in a long time, I've just been keeping an open hand because so like Rob knows this about me. I would say most of my life I've suffered from destination addiction. Hmm. Like I've been thinking about the next thing, the next chapter, the next year, the next deal, the next opportunity. And so if I'm being candid, I think I've just struggled to really be present. And I think that's pretty common with type A leaders. You know, I don't love admitting that, but that that's just true. And I think we see that in folks that we work with. So I think for the first time, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be prayerful about that and just keep an open hand. I love where we're at today. Um, I love the folks that we get to work with. I love our team. We have 16 people right now. Um, love our team. I think we're headed to a really special place. By God's grace, our work continues to expand. Um, but my, my hope would be really that I can run this race in such a way that my family still feels like they're a priority. My closest friends still feel like they're a priority. Um, if I go too far in that direction of thinking about what I want to build, Eric, um, that could actually, it could actually derail some of the most important areas of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have a vision and a dream for sure? And, and we talk about that. Um, we'd love to continue to grow the team. We'd love to have a hundred person team. You know, we'd love to continue to keynote corporate events. We'd love to continue to coach and consult and build, deep, meaningful relationships and help people create change 
when it comes to leadership development and organizational health. But at the end of the day, I want to say that I was respected most by people that know me the best. And so I'm just, I'm just, I think continuing to wrestle with how do I, how do I keep a vision and, and be really clear about that and also uh, remain really present. Hey, let me ask you this, Jordan, what, what do you think? Um, you know, I think everything in life is about value and what, and what value people bring to you or what value you bring to people, you know, with, yeah. with your company, what would you say, uh, separates you from other people in your industry and what value you all bring to other people? Cause I think at times it's really difficult for people to understand, you know, why hire a coach, uh, why hire a motivational speaker, you know, why, why use uh, a team like Montgomery companies, you know, and I think that's, I think that's hard to explain, especially uh, when people just see you from a social media side, they don't get to see you and interact with you day to day. Well, we said it like this, if somebody's going to work with us and I hope Foster Victor feels this way, I'm not a coach, I'm a partner. And there's a difference. I think when you're coaching somebody, you're focused on the time, you're focused on the strategies, the concepts, the ideas, the language. I think if you're a partner, you're focused on the relationship. And so we just try to make sure that we're adding value, not just when we're with people, but behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So we want to advocate for clients, want to connect them. Um, we want to help their lives become better and brighter and give them more opportunity. So I've, I probably function more like a strategic partner, less like a coach. Um, and we want to over deliver. We, we get asked the question all the time, like, well, what do you look for when you're hiring people on your team? And it's really one thing. There's one thing we look for. And it's people who are hardwired to over deliver. That's it. Like, I don't, I don't really need to know all about their background, their expertise, what they know, don't know. Um, we're going to figure that out. And we need, you know, skillful people who have a decent uh, background in our industry. But at the end of the day, I want people that are hardwired to over deliver. And so if that's what we want, then that's what we have to display. And um, I want to make sure we're well positioned that we, we can deliver on that promise with the clients that we work with. That's good. So Jordan, last question I had for you, and there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, everybody's so busy nowadays and you ask anyone, Hey man, I'm just so busy. I'm drowning in what my day to day is. Is this a myth or a reality that you can have work-life balance and still be hyper-focused from a successful point of view? Uh, I think balance <laughs> is a myth. That's what I thought <laughs> it- you might say. Yeah. And I don't, I want to be really clear. I don't, I'm not saying that we shouldn't attempt to have balance in our life. I just think if we're chasing balance and pursuing balance, it's just really elusive. I think it's almost impossible to obtain. And so what we would have people think about instead of balance is just passion. It's really passion and then being fully present. Um, our lives are almost always out of balance in one direction. And I'll just be candid with you. Like, uh, if when I'm with you, I'm thinking about you. I'm not thinking about my kids or my wife, at least not in this moment. Now, part of our work together is helping to provide for my kids and my wife. Um, but when I'm with you, I want to be with you. I want to be present. Um, when, I'm with, when I'm with my kids and my wife later today, I want to be present with them. I don't want to be thinking about you guys. Yep. So if I'm, if I'm thinking about balance, what it leads to for me is a lot of anxiety. Because when I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm at work, I'm thinking about my kids. When I'm at my kids, I'm feeling guilty about work. So I, I want to just think about it in the context of being present. I'm going to be all in with whoever I'm, I'm spending time with, and I'm going to fight for that. I'm going to try really, really hard to be present in those moments, and I'm going to pursue my passions. Um, think about it this way. If, if you think about high-level leaders, people who are really impactful, uh, Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, 
By the way, I'm not even saying you have to agree with all those people and what they did or what they stood for. I'm just saying, ask the question, did they live a balanced life? The answer is no. Yeah, no. Their life was not balanced. They lived a passionate life. They're really passionate and they were present, but their lives are not balanced. And I think if we're pursuing balance, it leads to anxiety. So should we, should we care about people deeply? Should we be present with the people we love? Yes. Um, I, I do think balance is a myth. Mm, that's a good answer. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, there's just so much talk about people trying to find that work life balance. And, you know, I haven't had, heard anyone who's been really successful with it. <laughs> no. Not yeah, I think, I think if somebody says, man, my life is perfectly balanced. I said, well, your life's probably pretty boring. He probably <laughs> laughed. Yeah. Oh. That's pretty true. That's right? just the truth. I mean, I just, I believe that. Yeah. Cool. All right. So guys, is there anything else that y'all want to make sure we cover with Jordan? I know he's got a super busy schedule and we'll make, be conscious of his time. Um, Jordan, there's a couple things I want to ask you before we uh, let you, kind of plug your your business here at the end so two questions that we'd like to ask uh guests and i've changed these up a little bit but i think this is perfect for you who is somebody that you lean on or go to as kind of that mentee mentor role when you've got you know struggles or, or questions who, who do you go to who's your person well my wife would be the the person that i lean on the most um and for really two reasons. Number one, she's my wife. But number two, she's my business partner. So Ashley, Rob knows this. Ash, she gets hit up a lot. Um, and it, it's a good and a bad thing, right? Like we love running a business together, but there's times where that can be just really stressful and leads to some very interesting conversations. <laughs> the big joke is like I'll run my mouth and my wife runs the business and um, it works pretty well that way. Uh, but she does. She, she runs a business. So there's just a lot of conversation all day, every day about business. And then, you know, we, we got kids to lead and we have a marriage that, that we want to, um, that we want to stay strong. So she, she's my person. I, I, I lean on her way more than anybody else in my life, but I've got a great relationship with my dad. Um, I've got a few close friends. My, my, my circle is actually pretty small. I don't, I used to have a really big circle and I would say in the last couple of years, it, it's shrank a lot. Um, Rob is one of those people, you know, it's one of the few people in my kind of close circle. And, um, so man, a few, a few really close friends, uh, a wife that I'm really grateful for. Um, and, and, and my dad, those would be kind of the, the people in my life that I really, that I really lean on. Awesome. All right. Last thing, recent podcast that you have, uh, either gotten kind of sucked into or a book that you just read that you feel like was very uh, impactful on your side? <clears throat> yeah, easy response. Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast is incredible. So uh, for anybody listening, if you haven't tuned into the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast, I would do that. Practical, wise, life-giving, encouraging, um, just really good stuff. So I would, I would check that out, regardless of whether you're like a newer, you know, emerging leader or veteran leader. I think it's, I think it's great content for any leader. Um, newest book would be the self-aware leader by John Maxwell. You know, we just mm -hmm. talked about self-awareness. Um, yeah, that would be the, the, the book most recently that I've really enjoyed. I will say, since you recommended that book a couple weeks ago, there have been a couple copies floating around our office. That's good. Let's go. Foster Victor, taking action. I'm surprised we're reading <laughs> books. Most of the time they're, they're listening to books, so that's good. I'm glad people that are reading. That's yeah. awesome. Hey, All once right. in a while, man. Old school copy print book. Yeah. 
Well, Jordan, um, take a few minutes, man. Give everybody an uh, insight on how they can reach out to you and connect with you if they've got questions or they want to want to talk more about what you guys do. Yeah, our website is MontgomeryCompanies.com. Uh, we're fairly active on social media channels, so you could send a message, uh, a direct message, and we'll respond. Uh, if you get a question, a thought, or something you want to share, we just encourage anybody listening to reach out, and uh, we'd love to engage, love to be helpful. Um, we we have so much appreciated the relationship and the journey with Foster Victor, and um, we know you all run with some really great, high-quality people. So I'm assuming there's some great, high-quality people listening to this podcast. All right. Thanks so much for spending some time today with us, Jordan. And thank you guys for watching, listening, wherever you're getting the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, share it with a friend. You can also find us online at fostervictor.com and on Instagram at fostervictorwealthadvisors. If you have a topic, any questions, any feedback for us, feel free to hit us up. Thanks so much. Information contained in this podcast was intended for general use, not to be used as specific advice. For content tailored to your personal situation, please contact one of our wealth coaches.